There's so much, right, that um, we could say, but I think just to reiterate, you know, tending to yourself and your needs and knowing that it's okay, knowing that it's not selfish and that, you know, truly when we care for ourselves, like that quote says, we're able to share more with others. So whether that's reading or, you know, just taking five minutes, I always say start small, right? If you're not doing that for yourself yet, can you just carve out five minutes? Welcome to Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the incredible journey of moms who are raising children with special needs. I'm your host, Valerie, and I'm honored to bring you to a place where the voices of these amazing moms can be heard through a collection of narratives that embody resilience, hope, and strength. Whether you're a parent, a family member, a caregiver, a friend, or simply someone seeking to learn, Join us as we embark on this journey of resilience, love, and connection. Get ready to be uplifted, enlightened, and inspired. This is Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. I'm Valerie, and I'm so thrilled you've chosen to be part of our circle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength podcast. I am so delighted that you're here, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Rebecca Lara. She is a certified life coach and creator of the Time Freedom Simplified Program, where she helps mom entrepreneurs build their businesses while working less. Get that, working less, so they can be caregiver without giving up on their own dreams. Well, I am thrilled to have Rebecca here, and I just want to let you know that Rebecca has two businesses and three young daughters with multiple health challenges. Rebecca has streamlined her own business systems, manages it without the overwhelm, and is passionate about helping other mom entrepreneurs calm the chaos too. So welcome, Rebecca. So glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So I start off with asking this question for all my guests. What is a unique thing about you? Yeah, so that's, I feel like that's a hard question for me to answer, but I'm going to try. I feel like as a caregiver, it's always about thinking about other people. So this is a great question. What is unique about me? Well, before I became a mom and an entrepreneur, I was an architect and a middle school math teacher. So I'm in my third act or maybe fourth, if you want to count motherhood and caregiving. (laughs) Wow. So that is quite the combination. Architect, middle school math teacher, and entrepreneur. Love it. Yeah. So tell me. A wild ride. (laughs) I guess it has. I guess it has. So tell me, how did do any of these mesh? Was the one thing that kind of led to another? Yeah. Great, great question. So I love math. So I would say that's kind of math and organization. Anything logical is kind of my thing. So I loved architecture in many ways, but, and here's the common theme that led me to what I do now is that being an architect means you have to give a lot of your time and life to it. 
And so when you're a young architect in your 20s, you are expected to work long hours, sometimes all night long. And from an early point, I realized like that that's not the lifestyle I wanted. So that led me to, you know, knowing I wanted a family and and thinking that teaching might be a good fit for that lifestyle. So math carried that through middle school math. I wanted to do just math. And I thought, well, at least the hours will kind of align with my children's future hours. So yeah, that's how that happened. And then we started our family and they all have special needs and multiple medical diagnoses. So that took me away from that career for a while, but it all got me to where I am now, which is just where I want to be. So it's all good. Love that. Love that. Cause I've always said, Rebecca, if you have to work, it's got to be fun. Yep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about your special needs mom journey. So I have three daughters. They all have diagnoses. So when they were young, they're all born within four years of each other. So they're currently 14, 11, and 10. And it took, you know, a couple of years for us to get our heads wrapped around what was happening, but we had diagnoses from an early age of like severe food allergies We knew there was sensory stuff and anxiety and a lot of like GI medical stuff. So it was just this whole big ball of like what's going on. And so the early years, I just spent a long time trying to get diagnoses and and figure out how to support my girls. And so that led to, you know, millions of doctor's appointments and people who didn't know what was happening and lots of therapies. And so that's what took me away from my nine to five job. And It all kind of boiled up to when my oldest daughter was, was she eight? Yeah, I think she was eight. She was in third grade and she went into acute liver failure out of the blue on my birthday on a day off school. It was like a parent teacher conference day, literally out of the blue. She was in the middle of a play date at our house and she just came down and said, you know, mom, I don't feel well. And I was like, oh, okay. Like this morning she seemed fine. And yeah. A couple days later, we found out she was in liver failure. She just got progressively worse and we took her to the emergency room and she spent three months in the hospital. All of her organs stopped working because of the liver failure. She was on life support and then miraculously her liver recovered, but her other organs were slower to recover. So it was a very long, long journey. She recovered in our home for three and a half years before she was kind of back to baseline. And I say baseline because baseline still had a whole lot of other stuff happening. (laughs) It's not really funny. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's like one of those things. Like still, even though it was almost six years ago, obviously when you talk about this experience, like it still brings up the emotions. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. so, yeah. And in the middle of all of that, like my middle daughter was diagnosed with um, autism, All three of our girls have ADHD, anxiety. So there's a lot of mental health challenges as well. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Rebecca, your plate is full. My goodness. Yeah. But we are in a much better place. The good news is that my, so the daughter who was critically ill, she is now 14. She's in high school. If she walked in the room, you would have no idea the journey she went through. She is functioning and thriving and She's even on a competitive swim team for the past couple of years. So, and this was a child who was in a wheelchair and had 24-7 oxygen, feeding tube, so many things. So it's just, it really is a miracle. And we're great, very, very grateful. Praise so, the Lord. Praise the yeah. Lord. And I can certainly relate to the 
24-hour oxygen, wheelchair, critical condition. Um, it's scary. It's it's a scary yeah. place to be. And it it's very scary. difficult to articulate how hard it is if you've not walked the journey. So I can, I'm sending you hugs over the airwaves here. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> I can certainly appreciate that it's it's a very tough walk. So yeah. kudos to you. And thank you for sharing that we have, yay, a miracle and yes. uh, good news and ending the story. So that's amazing. Yes. And your little thank one, you've mentioned a little bit about your oldest and your your middle. What about your little one? Yeah. So the youngest, she has ADHD, anxiety, and more recently diagnosed with a mood disorder. So on top of, she's the one with, who had the severe food allergies when she was little. So when she was an infant, she was allergic to everything. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, everything. She just would vomit 24-7. And she got diagnosed with a rare food allergy called FPIES, which stands for food protein induced enterocolitis syndrome. And so, yeah, it was a journey and still is to this day. Like food is not typical in our household. <laughs> I don't know if you can relate to that, but between picky eating and sensory issues and autism and food allergies, it's just like feeding tubes. Yeah. It's a journey. But yes. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased to hear that you have navigated all of this, Rebecca, and not only have you navigated, but you've allowed your children to thrive and not only them thrive, but you're thriving as well. So that's amazing. Yeah. So tell me, what's Beautiful. the most important lesson that you've learned in life? Oh, there's been a bunch, but I think the most important lesson that I've learned is that I may not be able to control my circumstances, right? And all that's going on with our health. But I do have control or am empowered by how I react to what's happening to me. And that was a big shift for me because I, I spent a long time, even before my daughter's illnesses, in victim mentality, you know, thinking, why me? Why us? It's not fair. And while, you know, it's okay to feel that way, sometimes I got stuck there for far too long. And I realized, okay, I can't control what's happening to us or the diagnoses my children have, but how I respond to that is where my power lies. And so that was transformational for me. Love that. Me to get out of the hole. <laughs> yes. yes. And I think one of the things that we forget as women caregivers, that we have personal power. Mm -hmm. And so what you're describing, what I'm hearing is that you utilize that personal power. You're able to shift from victim mode to I get to mode. And yeah. so that's utilizing that personal power. And not only did you utilize it, but you are empowering other entrepreneurial women to do the same, which is amazing. That's my goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love that. Love that. All right. So next question for you. What advice do you have for other moms that are on this journey regarding finding a balance between the role of a parent and that of your personal identity? Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like that definitely connects to my mission and my business is just to help moms of all, all moms, but especially those who are caregivers or special needs parents to know that it's okay to carve out a little bit of time for you, whether that's mm -hmm. for self-care, hobbies, business, you know, whatever, like you need to Fill your cup, as they say, I think is just so important because in the early years of caregiving, I didn't like I thought I didn't like I would 
need like to solve all these problems before I earned the, the time to rest. And obviously that backfires for a lot of us and it leads to burnout. And, you know, there's lots of sayings out there, you know, fill your cup and, you know, put the oxygen mask on before you help others and all of that I connected to. But the one like quote that someone shared with me that really, really stuck was, so what is it? Tend to your garden first. So you have more harvest to share with others. And for me, that just came from a more abundant place and allowed me to like, feel like, okay, well, when I take care of myself in whatever way that is, I have more to share with my daughters, with my husband, with my community, my family, everyone. And and I was able to see that when I care for myself, and for me, that's being in my business sometimes, because that's my passion. When I do that, I show up in a better mood with, you know, more energy and more enthusiasm and more everything, right? So I realized it was win-win and it wasn't selfish because for a long time it felt selfish Mm -hmm. to take time for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote. So I'm going to have you tell me again. Yes. I love it too. Someone, one of my coaches shared it with me and it just like, it just stuck. Tend to your own garden first. So you have more harvest to share with others. Love that. So audience, I hope you're taking notes on that because that is so true. I love what Rebecca has said. The fact that we need to be taking care of ourselves, we have to nurture ourselves. And one of the things I've been learning over the last little while, if I take care of myself, I can be more present with Mm -hmm. my family. I'm very much an A-type personality. I was very much ruled by lists and it was my job to get through my list each day. And I was one of those kind of people, I don't know if there's anybody else out there would add things to the list as the day went on. Mm -hmm. So the list never actually got completed or very rarely. But what I've learned is I was so focused on that list and being doing the tasks that I needed to do during the day that I was not necessarily present with my kids or my husband. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking about being present, I mean, like I'm actively listening. I'm looking at them, paying full attention to them. And they deserve that as well, because that's part of nurturing them too, right? So I love that you sort of um, identified that and you were able to work with that. And that's something that, and I would say that's probably an ongoing thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) learning to be present, learning to do the self-care, learning to be who we need to be. So we can be the best that we can be. We need to be taking care of ourselves and doing something for us. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So have you encountered any challenges in advocating for your own needs and your self-care, Rebecca? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like getting, I mean, and nothing's perfect still to this day, but like getting even to this place in my journey, I realized that two things, I think. One, it it was okay to accept help Mm. because my childhood situation was such that I was very independent and I did a lot of giving to my sisters even. And I was a caregiver from a very young age. And so it was always hard for me to receive the help in return. And so when my daughter was critically ill and we were in the ICU with her for a month, I had no choice, right? Like, I feel like that was another lesson. I had no choice but to rely on others to help with our younger children. And so that was like a a crash course in accepting help. But then after that, like, it was still like something I needed to work through and like graciously accept help and realize that. I used to be one to be like, no, I've got it. You know, I can do it. I can do it. And I would take on too much. And 
The thing that helped me overcome that struggle for myself was realizing that the people who were offering were offering from a place of love and they wanted to do it, right? It wasn't a burden, which is what I initially felt it was. And when I allowed them to help us, I was receiving that love or care. So that was a big thing that was a challenge, but also just advocating for myself and communicating like mostly with my partner my spouse he's a great man but I realized like he can't read my mind which I thought like wouldn't that be nice but so yeah when I was feeling overwhelmed or burned out like I learned that if I just speak up and tell him how I'm feeling that he was always more than willing to pitch in and do more or whatever the case may be so those two things I guess the theme is accepting help (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I appreciate that. I can relate in a, in many ways. That mentality of, well, I'm the mom, I'm supposed to do it all, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And I too have been in a caregiving role for a very long time. I'm the oldest of five children. My mom is a nurse, since retired, but was a nurse and worked full-time. My dad worked full-time. Sometimes their shifts coincided. So yeah, very much into the caregiving role. And I just kind of carried that on to being a mom and I was an older mom. So yeah, well, this is what we do and just uh, accepting help. But one of the things, as you, you pointed out, is people want to help. And one of the things I learned too, through my journey with my oldest, Melody Ann, was that sometimes people need direction. So mm-hmm. They want to help and it's okay for them for you to direct them as to how they can help. And another thing I learned as well was, you know, not everybody's going to be able to cook you a casserole and drop it on your doorstep. So you pick those people that can do that. And then you've got other people that can make you laugh or lift your mood when things are going rough. And so you choose that person to help you with that. So each person that wants to help probably has a role that they can fulfill for you. And you just need to be cognizant of that. And as you say, give them the gift of being able to help. Because that's what it is. They want to help and it's a gift. They they truly want to be able to, but sometimes they just don't know how to. So we can we can direct them. And I've always said that with my husband. <laughs> that yeah, honey, you I'm not telling you what to do, darling. I'm just giving you direction. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Rebecca, where can our audience go to find out more about you? Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking. The place that I hang out most and support my community is in my Facebook group, the Thriving Mamas Facebook group, where we calm the chaos and simplify life and business. So that is my goal for all women is that we were able to calm the chaos and be present, right? That's another thing I learned in my journey. Like you were saying is like, enjoy the moments we do have, because I learned through my daughter's experience that you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so that is my goal is just to calm the chaos so we can be present, simplify things so we can enjoy life as well along the way. So that's where I would love to invite you to join me. All right. Well, thank you. (laughs) And Rebecca, I just want to give you a moment just to kind of talk about your program that you have. Yes. So I created the Time Freedom Simplified Program. It's a small group coaching program where again, this is kind of the theme is how we can 
you know, simplify life, declutter our brain, because mindset has been a big shift for me as well as learning that a lot of the chaos is in our mind. <laughs> and that's okay. But like how to redirect that and and calm and declutter the brain so that we can be more present and feel more freedom with our time where we're not being so reactive to everyone and all their needs. And we can be more intentional, not saying we're not meeting their needs, but be more intentional about where we're spending and allocating our time so that we also, like we said, have time for ourselves and our goals and, and just to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, I'm just curious, and I'm sure our Mm -hmm. audience are too. What kind of things do you enjoy doing when you have some time for yourself? My favorite thing is reading. I've always loved to read from a young age and I didn't do that for quite a while through the early years of my children's lives. And that's what I've come back to. So in in 2020, I set a goal for myself to read 12 books that year. And ever since then, I've upped it. And just at the end of this last year, I reached 61 books last year. And it's not because I need to like beat my goal, but it's just like, that's what I do with my time. That's how I've relaxed and recharged. So I love that. 61 books. That's quite a feat. And what type of books do you enjoy? All kinds. I usually have two books going at a time. One is usually business or personal development and one is fiction. So depending on what kind of mood I'm in that day, (laughs) I pick up one of them. (laughs) Love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I really have appreciated our time together, Rebecca, and the insights that you've shared with our audience. So before we conclude our conversation, I'd love to hear some words of encouragement from you to other moms and parents of kids with special needs. What message would you like to share with them to inspire them and to offer them some support? There's so much, right, that um, we could say, but I think just to reiterate, you know, tending to yourself and your needs and knowing that it's okay, knowing that it's not selfish and that, you know, truly when we care for ourselves, like that quote says, we're able to share more with others. So whether that's reading or, you know, just taking five minutes, I always say start small, right? If you're not doing that for yourself yet, can you just carve out five minutes in the day to to walk, be quiet, sit outside, read, whatever it might be, and just test and experiment with what works for you and just start small, but start, right? <laughs> because you deserve it. You know, moms, caregivers, we all deserve some rest and time to recharge. So I would urge you to prioritize that. Love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us and being my guest today. Loved having you on the show. And I want to tell our audience that please check the show notes. There'll be a little bit more information there about Rebecca and ways you can, ways you can reach out to her. So check out the show notes. And also I just want to put it in a little plug that I too have a Facebook group. So do join. We would love to have you as part of our Facebook group and joining the community. And the link for that will be in the show notes. So thanks again, Rebecca. Really appreciate having you and uh, all the best with the rest of your business. And as you continue to raise those three beautiful girls, enjoy, have fun, because before you know it, they will be flying the coop. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to be here today. All right. So ladies, please remember to live with intention and embrace the journey.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. We hope today's story has touched your heart, opened your mind, and reminded you that even in the face of challenges, there is always light to be found. By opting to follow this podcast, you remain connected to the power of strength and unity, the potential of love to overcome challenges, and the beauty of a community that understands. If you, as a special needs mom, are looking for connection with other moms and an opportunity to gain some insight and to share your insight, then check the show notes for the link to join the Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength Facebook community. Love to see you there. Until we meet again, continue to draw from the circle of strength that surrounds you, find courage in the stories we share, and know that you are never alone on this journey.